0: FSMVP. MVP. We are one week away as we tape this, just a week away from kickoff, the 2019 NFL season. Every time I say that, I get a little, I get some goosebumps. I get a little more energy. TJ Hernandez on the other side. I'm holding Kushner. TJ, you're playing a great song too. I absolutely love this
1: insane in the brain by cypress hill off their 1993 album black sunday of course a classic we're all a little insane in the brain right now with uh, football season creeping up on us you can find that song and all of the intro music from the dfs mvp on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Just go to Spotify, search DFS MVP, or you can check out my Twitter. Every time I tweet out a link to the podcast, I'm probably tweeting out the Spotify playlist with the greatest intro music in podcast history. Before we get into it, Rake Free Daily Fantasy Football is here, available only on Fantasy Draft, where 100% of entry fees are paid to contest winners. For a limited time, Fantasy Draft is offering a free seven-day trial on your first $1,000 in Rake Free entries. Go to fantasydraft.com use promo code four for four that's the number four for the number four to claim your free seven-day trial today
0: hi buddy uh here's an interesting show we've never done this one before Mm -hmm. you and i haven't done this at least and i personally think we should do a gigantic one of these every year just before the regular season starts it is the listener question episode Uh, so again i think it's really cool a lot of you uh hit tj up on the Twitter machine, asking questions. You know, you can hit me up too. It's fine at Holden Radio. By the way, still about 150 away from my 15,000 goals. So by all means. Anyways, <laughs> uh, TJ. But this is fun because you can you can hit us up on Twitter and everything. But you can also get it right here. We're gonna read some of those tweets and uh, get you as much information as we can. We got the special code that's only good until August 31st. So. This is a very short offer. Hopefully you're listening to this Thursday or Friday or Saturday. Sign up now with a special code good only until August 31st, which I believe is what, Sunday? Yep. Yeah. All right. It's only good till Sunday. You get 25, 25% off the DFS sub only. 25% off the DFS sub. We got the rate and review t-shirt giveaway. If you leave a five-star review, you're automatically entered to win and uh while you're there check out forthforforth.com's two newest pods ship chasing it's a high stakes fantasy football league and uh, it actually it covers all the high stakes and I love playing high stakes and then my show fantasy first which uh, popped on the scene last year and what I do is I get uh, all the fantasy football news you need in less than 10 minutes so you don't have to read it all you got to do is listen to the podcast And my wonderful voice will tell you everything you need to know. So you have an edge over everybody else in your league. Who's this winner? Who's the week, uh, this week's winner there, TJ, who gets the rate and review t-shirt. Yeah, let me make sure we got that code out there. That's DFS25 for that 25% off.
1: No, just making sure everybody got it correct. DFS25 is the code for 25% off. Uh, Yeah, like you said, every week, uh, a five-star review gets automatically entered to win some of the best swag in the fantasy game. This week, Crit1226 left us a real nice review. It was so nice, I wanted to highlight what he said. He said, last year, listening to DFS MVP, turned his $20 bankroll into more than $1,000, and he came in first in nine of his 17 weekly friends leagues. So crit1226. Hit me up on Twitter at TJ Hernandez. I will get you the details on how to get your free 4 for 4 t-shirt.
0: And please invite me into your friends league. I would love that. (laughs) To finish first, nine out of 17 weeks. No matter what the competition is, that's pretty hard to do. That's Belichickian right Mm -hmm. there, dude. Yes, DFS 25. DFS 25 is going to get you 25% off. All right. So for the new listeners, here's what you usually do every week. Uh, During the regular season, we'll touch on our core plays and we got questions. Hey, what's a core play. We're going to answer that in a few minutes, but uh, we'll talk about our core plays at every position for the main slate, usually on DK and FanDuel. And then we'll follow that with a theory segment. And this week to close out the preseason though, we'll take some listener questions. So I'm really looking forward to that Uh, TJ, of course. And, Hey, there's a pretty big season-long tournament that we got to talk about as well.
1: Yeah, before we get into those questions, if you want to join the biggest season-long tournament ever, then you need to enter the $3.5 million Best Ball Championship on Draft. Grand prize of $1 million. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit with promo code 444. That's the number 4. F-O-R, the number 4. If you think you have what it takes in Draft today for a shot at $1 million.
0: All right, let's get to our first listener question again. Uh, TJ is at TJ Hernandez. You can follow four at 444 Football. The number 4, F-O-R, the number 4. 444 Football. You can follow me at Holden Radio. Right, let's do this. At Techno Brad. Hey, I hear you and others use the term core players a lot, but I'm still not sure how you use them. Are they just your highest exposure players? How do you use them? wonderful question brad tj take it away i really i love this question it's a great question and it um it's it's going to kind of depend
1: on what you're looking at in terms of of your player pool what kind of games you're playing uh if you hear me talk about my core players because i play um quite uh quite high volume from week to week uh if, if you just if you simply look at something like my um my weekly write up on four for four that I do each week for FanDuel. Uh I break it up into uh cash game viable players and then uh, players that I'm going to be overweight on in GPPs uh, that's pretty much essentially that is my player pool but one thing that I will note is that any player that is cash viable is clearly part of my GPP player pool and uh, once I narrow down that cash lineup up to uh, my, my player pool then uh, those are my core plays so the, the those are going to be the best values uh, the, the top plays whether it be a high volume running back or a quarterback in a really good spot uh, those are go- going to be my core plays uh, and it just depends how many lineups you're playing if you're someone that plays uh, one cash game Lineup, and then you'll maybe only play a three max then how you uh, approach your core plays is going to be a little different you might just be mixing in uh, a couple uh, dart throws with maybe five or six values whereas if you're playing more like I said someone like, like myself or somebody that uh, is just playing like 150 max well they might do exactly what you said set your highest exposure to those players if you're playing something like 150 max uh, you might not want more than something like 50 or 60 60% exposure to your favorite plays uh those are the core players uh again uh, you're going to build even if you're playing gpps you should build a relatively small a pretty concentrated player pool Um, but some of those players even if you have a concentrated player pool say you have a 35 40 player player pool uh, some of those guys you might only want in 5% of your lineups Uh, some of those guys you want in something like 15 to 50% of your lineups Uh, that's kind of what we're talking about when we're talking about core plays Uh, there's not a rigid definition for it 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 really depends how you're building your lineups and and what your goals are Um, but the way I look at it, it's it's the players that I'm pretty much locking into my to my cash game lineups and then uh,
0: maximizing my exposure with. And there's no definitive number either. I mm-hmm. just want to throw that in there. One week there could be three. The next mm-hmm. week there could be six.
1: Yeah, and we'll have a couple more questions if when we get uh, along here that actually kind of tie back into this. So, uh, Techno Brad, if you're listening, don't uh, turn it off now that we answered your question. There'll be some more to help
0: help you answer this. All right, at private pookie, it's an interesting one. Hey, Private Pookie, what's up, big man or lady? Uh, I have a very small bankroll, $100. What is the best way to optimize it? Love it because you know what? I think most of the people that play DFS have a small bankroll. And maybe for a lot of people, $100 is a big bankroll too. Right. So, you know, just you can say, oh, very small bankroll. It's $100. You know, it's something you put in there. You're looking to have some fun. TJ, what's the best way for him to have fun and win a little money?
1: All right, so uh, if he's saying he has a a bankroll question for me and it's $100, I'm assuming that that's going to be his $100 for the season. Now, some people, uh, I've explained this on the pod before, but they'll discuss the fact that maybe they play – maybe they might just throw twenty fifty dollars a week uh, in some random contests and and they're not really thinking in terms of bankroll they think that that is their bankroll um, obviously before we get into that if you're if you're able to replenish your funds say you you think your bankroll are only a hundred dollars but you can throw um, an extra twenty dollars a month uh, at it if you need to replenish then you should be calculating your bankroll as such so you should be considering your bankroll is 180 because you could replenish $20 uh, 4 times throughout the season. But uh, assuming that you are someone that can only dedicate this $100 uh, to DFS, uh, the first thing I do, whether you're playing $100 uh, as your bankroll or if you're playing $10,000 a week, the first thing that anybody that's trying to adhere to some strict bankroll strategy is uh, set up some kind of fun allocator. I use Microsoft Excel um, and I've set it up so basically that I could plug in what my bankroll is every week and all of my my spreadsheets automatically going to tell me how much I could play each game depending on my game mix. Uh, one thing that you, you can note is that if you are on a slightly uh, smaller bankroll and you can do some replenishing, but it's it's not an exact science. So you, you don't know if you're going to throw an extra 20 or 50 a month, but you might be able to throw another five or 10 bucks at it uh, if you have a bad week. Then in those cases, I would say you could be a little more Aggressive on your smaller bankroll. Uh, and that's coming from a perspective of something like I talked about a couple of podcasts ago, 80 20 10 mix. So 80% of your money in cash games, 20% of your money in GPPs, uh, 10% of your money uh, total in play. So let's assume that you are someone that starts with $100. You don't plan on replenishing, but you can throw maybe five or 10 bucks here and there. In that case, I would say you should start week one, play 15% of your money uh, in that week one. And I'm going to stick to that 80% cash game, 20% GPP. Cause especially when you're on a small bankroll, uh, if you fire off 50% of your money in play, even if it's $1 GPPs, it's very easy to have a week where you don't cash at all. And that's how you start going broke very quickly. So let's assume that 50% of money in play equates to his $15 of his $100 bankroll. That's twelve dollars in cash, three dollars in GPP. Now this is a very specific situation. I, I harp every week or, or very often on how my favorite games to play are head-to-heads. But in this case, uh, you don't have enough volume where you can play a bunch of head-to-heads. That's going to add a lot of volatility to your game, even if you have a lineup that uh, is is in the top like sixty or seventy percent. If you're only playing five or six head-to-heads, it's very easy to run into five or six lineups that are in the 75th or higher percentile. So in this case, I'm going to take my $12 cash games, and I'm probably going to make three lineups. Uh, I'm going to make three of them, and I'm going to look for single-entry games. So I'm going to uh, look for a $1, $2, 50-50 that's single-entry, and put my lineups in each of those. And then, because I'm on a relatively small bankroll, I'm going to play... These same lineups in two or three uh, single entry. Again, we're really looking for these single entry because that's how you get yourself on the even playing field. I'm looking for uh, these triple up games. This is plays very much like a cash game, uh, but you might only be playing against three people or it might be uh, something like um, the top third out of 12 or something like that. They're going to play like a cash game. You don't have to change your lineups, but you're going to get that extra dollar or two when you're at this level. That's really going to help increase your uh, potential buy-in later on. And then I'm going to take another... $3 with those same lineups put them in some boosters some 5x contests some 10x contests a lot of times These are gonna play very similar to cash games. So that's our $12 in cash games And even though it's not just 50 50s uh, They play very much like cash games It's gonna give you a little bit of a boost even if it's a dollar or two uh, To your bankroll and then what I'm gonna do for my GPP allocation I'm gonna look for these 25 cent these bigger booster contests. So you start getting some experience Building uh, lineups in GPPs. Um, 2,378 is the field right now for these 25 cent bigger boosters. And I think you could play just. Simple variations of your cash lineup, add a little bit of volatility in terms of uh, stacking and some under plays, and you'd be surprised how well you can do in a contest with less than 2,500 people. If you hit, you might have 40 $50 added to your bankroll. That's a 50% increase, and then I'm going to play some of these kind of what I call my dart throws. Um, Again, 25 cent contest if I play three or four lineups, I'm only allocating a dollar and these are more the classic payouts. Uh a traditional GPP style again, go look for get out of the the main lobby. Get out of the features and you're going to find these classic payouts if you sort by buy-in level. And again, DraftKings happens to have their booster and their traditional 25 cent contest set at 2378 uh in the field, so you have two dollars to play with, which might not sound like a lot, but uh, overcoming that size field is is not as hard as it sounds, and it gives you a lot of upside. So, uh, when you're dealing with a small bankroll, there are some different considerations, and it's going to look a little bit different than a traditional uh, bankroll strategy might if you're just playing head-to-heads. Um, but but I think that's the way to do it
0: and don't uh poo the 25 cent thing it's it's a great way to learn how to multi-entry GPV. Yeah. you know and yeah. we're talking about three 25 cent contests 75 cents also don't forget the they have free contests too yep don't throw away that either like if you're trying to if you're playing with 100 dollars and you're trying to hone your skills take everything yeah take the free games take the 25 cent games there's there's Ten cent games, I think, right? Definitely. I, I don't I think th- it's a fan duel, yeah. is
1: it? I, uh DraftKings definitely has the yeah. ten cent. They have the fifty cent like really big contest. Yeah. I would I would look for the smaller player pools. That's why I mentioned getting out of um getting out of the feature lobby mm-hmm. and just going to the the tab I'm, I'm just talking about DraftKings here but uh whatever site you're on you could find something similar just go to tournaments or just go to to the multipliers and then just sort by your buying level and you'll see uh some of these smaller contests like less than 100 people and it's going to give you some really good experience like you said the free contests depending on the site there's sites that offer beginner contests so you have pretty much no uh risk of running into sharks so if you take advantage of all those things and uh and and play this way then you're going to uh i
0: think you're going to find that your bankroll is going to going to grow pretty quickly all right good this is my favorite one thank you for the question private pookie here's my favorite question at at riser 51 guys small field single entry tournament strategy game selection so I've, i've told you i'm a big single entry tournament uh guy even you know I won't even go up to three max or 20 max very often I'm like a a one lineup I'll throw it in there I'll throw my cash game lineup in one I will get into another single entry and I'll take my cash lineup and we talked about core plays right and I'll take you know two or three players that were in there and I'll just pivot to a player um, around the same salary that I think that -hmm. I was very close to putting in my cash lineup but decided to go a different way and I'll just make it a, a little bit different maybe the floor is going to be a lot lower but the ceiling's a lot higher by just tweaking with it uh, this is a great question tj because single entry tourneys um are really the way to go for a lot of people
1: it really is and uh and this is uh riser 51 he didn't uh specify what stakes he's talking about here he just said small field single entry so you will find a lot of single entry tournaments in the future lobby uh the problem with those is is a lot of them are still because there's feature contests gonna be 10 20 hundred thousand people in them uh and you're obviously not just gonna throw your cash game lineup in there and, and hope to win the thing you might cash uh but pretty much almost impossible to win in those contests um so what i'm i'm trying to define here is if we're playing small stakes um or higher stakes now if you're looking for these small stakes contests again similar to the last question what you're wanting to do is is get out of the feature tab and look for the game that says um a five dollar booster or five dollar 100 player or five dollar contest and again I'm, I'm just looking at DraftKings here uh but a lot of these uh these these games that say booster or 100 player or five dollar contest or 25 Contest, uh, they might not specify in the title of the game that it's single entry, but if you click on the prize or the game, you'll note in that game lobby it will say no multi entry. Uh, so you can find single entry tournaments that aren't marketed as single entry tournaments. And if you're playing those, say you're playing a $5 100 player contest on DraftKings. Uh, I think you can just simply play your optimal lineup. And and what I mean by that is probably the game you're playing, the, the lineup you're playing in, in 50-50s uh, or whatever cash games. And the reason for that is that, uh those games are probably going to attract um some some lower quality players because they're lower stakes and and this probably isn't as true as it was a couple of years ago because people are getting sharper but at the lower stakes in these single entry games um uh, these people probably aren't going to be quite as price sensitive as you think and unless there are some some crazy values as much information as there is out there 100 man contest is kind of my uh, rough, unscientific cutoff point where I think a, a cash game lineup can win pretty consistently, where even if people are are kind of on the similar chalk, you're still going to get enough variance between uh, the non-obvious plays where your cash game lineup can take down a 100-man contest. Now, as you move up in stakes, if you're playing uh, something like, I, I think DraftKings last year had like a 777 single entry with like 122 people, uh, there's going to be a little bit more incentive to to add some variants to your lines to add some stacks, be slightly more contrarian because you're probably going up against a lot of sharps, but at the same time these these sharps they're also playing um they're also very aware of the same things you're aware of of, of. so I don't think you need to go completely off the rails just because uh you see Osmo in there and obviously he knows who the best values are uh all these guys are there there's a lot more game theory to it, so I think whatever core plays you've landed on you could stick those in there even to get some of the best players in the world and just kind of add a little bit of variance and uh maybe a couple stacks or or like i've talked about in past pods if you have two similarly um uh valued wide receivers and one's going to be way less popular maybe go with him in a game like that but i don't think you're ever going to have to get too far off of your optimal plays in these type of contests
0: yep again when i go into a, a single entry tournament no, I was just playing baseball too. I play a lot of baseball <laughs> DFS to try and build my bankroll for the football season, mm-hmm. and that's just basically that's just tons yeah. of tons of cash and small, um, you know, single entry here. L- let me see. Single entry is a way to go,
1: man. Yeah. I mean, if, whether you're playing, I mean, I, unless you're you're specifically um, chasing uh, qualifiers or. Uh, the millionaire for the status of it. And you have the bankroll just to kind of throw away. I mean, I don't think anybody is comfortable throwing away uh, 150 max at at any of those higher, higher stakes cues. But you'd, you'd be surprised how many guys that are, are some of the biggest winners in the world don't have the best ROIs because they're going after those things. So um, there's, there's plenty of players that are simply playing cash, single entry, um, smaller uh, field contests that are are very profitable that uh, I talk to on a weekly basis. So it it's definitely a not a bad idea if you're looking to grind out a profit.
0: All right, let's do this. Let's get to um, fantasy underscore Ronan at fantasy underscore Ronan. Thank you, Riser Fifty One. Um, question here: How to approach my Fanduel friends' league ten teams where the winning score is around one sixty eight? Uh. I mean, this one's simple for me. Just whatever your optimal lineup is,
1: uh, throw that in there. Uh, I don't think you have to get uh, you don't have to get cute on these at all. Uh, I have a lot of friends uh, that um, hit me up every week to to ask about these leagues because uh, they're probably a little more popular uh, in the fringe DFS community than they are in the hardcore Twitter uh, or subscriber community. But uh, there's a lot of guys that I know that plays these, play these with their friends because they get out of the the games where they feel like they're playing a bunch of sharks. But um, if they are these fringe guys, they're A lot of them probably aren't using lineup optimizers. Uh, A lot of them probably don't even know that you can pay... (laughs) for access to something like a 4-for-4, four four. and I know that for a fact because uh, my friends that asked me to help them with these lineups. Um, I still haven't got them to subscribe to 4-for-4, four four and their friends definitely don't know about it. So if you're throwing your your optimal lineup, especially if you're a 4-for-4 four four sub, uh, whatever your best cash game lineup is, there's probably a good chance that lineup's going to dominate those type of leagues. Even, though, even if the payout structure isn't set up like a cash game, even if it's only paying out uh, the top three out of ten uh, and it's first place heavy don't don't you don't have to worry about the payout structure in in that situation uh an optimal lineup or or your optimal lineup is going to do very well in those type of leagues
0: 168 is the winning score huh
1: yeah i mean uh you, you think about i mean for with with average players only 10 um or or novice players with only 10 people your your cash line for a random double up uh now that we move to flex instead of a kicker on fanduel uh is probably around like the 130 mark so out of only 10 people i'm not surprised that that's relatively low
0: all right and then we got at common man dfs on three entry max gpp tourneys is it best to stick to a core or compile three totally different teams so I'm looking forward to what you say here because I'm going to say this. I think you can't go wrong, or you can go wrong both ways, but I'd actually, I have no problem going either way, and I know that guys go, some guys do stick to a core, and some guys go completely three different <laughs> teams. So how do you do it, TJ? I'm interested in knowing. I uh, This is
1: probably, one of the best things you can do in DFS, no matter what contest you're playing, especially if you're, um, yeah, no matter what contest you're playing, is download your, your history each week and look at what the best players in the world are doing. Um, a lot of these guys, it's, you know, their screen names, they're very popular, uh, and their strategy is going to vary by contest. I don't think I've seen more variance in strategy amongst the top players in the world than at the high stakes, three max contests. Um, and it, I mean, it makes sense. You only have three bullets, whether it's a, a 200 man or a, a 20,000 man, uh, your options are very limited. Uh, I don't sway from my 150 max theory of that. I am just trying to be right once or twice. I'm not trying to be right uh, 20 times. And what I mean by that is if I have a, a relatively small core of players or even just my cash game players, what I'm going to do for three max contest, I'm going to take those, that very small core of players and I'm going to have three different stacks that I like the most. And the reason for that is because if my core hits, then I only need one of those stacks to hit. If I have one stack or three different stacks with three different dart throws on all of those teams two or three dart throws throws times three i need to be right on my stack and i need to make sure i got that stack with my dart throws and it's not going to be comfortable because you're obviously not going to cover your bases but you're just really trying to um maximize that variance uh in terms of of range of outcomes and yeah you're probably going to go on some pretty rough losing streaks if this is your only way of playing but when it hits it's going to hit hard and when that stack hits with that core play uh it's going to um it's going to be a real nice payday and the if you do have a concentrated core uh maybe just two cash game lineups and you're rotating your um your stacks with like one or two dart throws the difference in the price of your favorite stacks is kind of going to take care of how you allocate your core players to those lineups obviously there'll be some decision points um but if you have an expensive stack, a cheap stack and a a medium range stack. And that's don't force that, but I'm just using it as an example. Then your core players are going to kind of naturally fall into place around those. Um, so that's a long way of saying, uh, I, I like to stick to a core with three different stacks.
0: Yeah. I like, you know what I've been doing? Um, when I do play three, three entry maxes, I'll do that with two of them. And then the third one, I'll just go off the rails. You know, yeah. it'll be a completely and different lineup. The The core will not be there. The stacks that I use in the other two will not be there.
1: And that's okay. This is not pertaining to any particular question, but might satisfy kind of everybody. And this is a, a lesson that uh, past four for four scribe. Chris Raybon taught me is like, I always have a yellow lineup or lineups where uh, I just play some super low stakes. So every week I play the $3 20 max on, um, on DraftKings, especially if it's a week where I'm not playing a 150 max contest. If I just find a bunch of like high stakes single entry and three max games that I like, I'll still just play the $3.20 max because even though monetarily I'm not getting exposure to all my players that I, I like um psychologically I am. So even if you only have a hundred dollars, even if you only have a hundred dollars, take fifty cents and make two lineups with some yellow players that that you don't want to commit to. But and then psychologically you have exposure to those players and, and I think it really does help in the lineup building process.
0: Alright, thank you for that uh question there at common man DFS. We'll get to some more questions here in just a, a couple of minutes or maybe even less than that. But I you're familiar with rake. If you play DFS in fantasy draft, there's, there's no rake. It's a rake free revolution is what it is. You can play rake free only on fantasy drafts. A hundred percent of your entry fees are paid to the contest winners. So every single dollar paid in entry fees is paid to the winners on fantasy draft. All you got to do is become a member fantasy draft has membership plans suitable to all levels of play You get the free player's first plan that allows for $100 in rake-free entries per month. So if you're the guy there with $100, by all means, check it out right there. It's it's a free plan. Um, For a limited time, Fantasy Draft is offering a free seven-day trial on your first $1,000 in rake-free entries with their starter plan. So play your favorite contest rake-free on Fantasy Draft. Your bankroll is going to love it. You can register at fantasydraft.com today with promo code four for four, the number four F O R the number four, four for four is the promo code to get a seven day free trial on your first thousand dollars in entries. Fantasydraft.com, promo code four for four, get your free seven day trial. All right, TJ, let's get back to some more questions here. Ah, Jayhawk chalk 89. That's right, buddy. That's right. Fellow Jayhawk right here. Um, is there an edge? to playing on multiple platforms? And if so, how does bankroll management differ at all? Before you answer uh, the question, can I yeah. just say this? Like, I sprinkle in a little bit of um, of Yahoo, but for me, I'm a lot more successful on one site. One One site, little on one, a little on another. That's it. There, So there's definitely something to be said for understanding
1: the nuances of each game. And if, if you're a novice, it could be a little overwhelming. Um, something as simple as as the differences uh, in picking your flex on, on FanDuel and DraftKings with the full PPR and the bonus versus a half PPR with no bonus, uh, those nuances are going to come into play. But assuming you have equal knowledge or equal comfort across all platforms, all scoring systems, uh, I think you can find the edge by not focusing on one side, and for a lot of reasons um if if it looks like a player pool is softer on a site, and we don't have a ton of options right now, but with with fi- sites like Yahoo and Fantasy Draft uh, popping up, then uh, in theory that should start to happen because obviously everybody only has can only be so many places at once. Um, if for whatever reason you think a player pool softer, definitely. Uh, you can create a monetary edge by chasing... I mean, if it, look for Rake. Last year at the end of the year, Yahoo started... Mm-hmm. Um, offering these rake free contests and those were the only tournaments I was playing at the end of the year Um, if you haven't played on another site before um, you can you can uh, find bonuses Um, that's free money in your pocket that's an edge that isn't player related Uh, better game selection some some sites just have better structured tournaments in terms of payout some sites have better structured tournaments or options in terms of 50 50s and double ups and head-to-heads if there's more action there Um, and then you're just going to get natural diversification if you're somebody that likes to play one cash game lineup uh, in theory forcing diversification on one site is suboptimal if you Find a lineup that you really like. But if you're playing on multiple sites, then uh, you're just naturally going to diversify your lineups without uh, forcing it and theoretically can have three or four optimal lineups without forcing that diversification. Um, You're just going to get a different player pool. Like I said, um, players you're not used to, you might find some, some worse players. And I think something that flies under the radar is just If you're on a losing streak, something as simple as a different user interface, a different scenery, a different game structure uh, can kind of get your neurons firing get you off autopilot and uh just that change of scenery might be able to help you uh, when you're on a losing streak and then how does my bankroll management differ if i'm playing multiple sites it, it really doesn't again go back to the i think it was the first or second question uh you should just have some kind of bankroll allocator the way my spreadsheet is set up is the second i type in how much money i'm playing for that week uh it'll tell me it, assuming i have a even split across the sites it'll automatically set up uh, that money across the sites and then break it down based on my percentages that I want to play if I find that a uh, particular site has a better uh, structure for maybe tournaments then I'll stick to that uh, allocation of funds for if I'm playing even cash games on both sites i'll take that uh but if i like all the gpps on one site not the other then i'll just take all my my gpp allocation and put it over there but uh find a way to track your funds before you start clicking uh, on games because uh otherwise it's it's very easy to get carried away
0: yeah he's talking about multiple platforms too the pricing is so much different it seems mm-hmm. like on yahoo and Fanduel, but it's both half point ppr right so i mean at least the format is the same there you know and, yeah, uh, so you
1: can just find better values, yeah. or or um, like we've talked about before. If a, if a player is a value on one site and not on the other, then you can get your cash game to exposure to him uh, where he's a value, and you might use him in GPPs where people think he's overpriced and he might have lower ownership.
0: Yeah, and then again, if you're there's so many different ways to play now too because I don't know if you well you play on draft. It's like every week you can just do a snake draft and pick yep. your own team. It's just there's so many different ways to do it. And I love that you say, "Hey, if you're in a slump, shake it up, shake it up a little bit." It's not a bad idea at all. But for me, uh, cash fan duel, a couple single entries, a little bit of multi-entry on DK, and then some Yahoo from time to time. And that's about it. And uh, don't forget, guys, if you if you have a bankroll of a hundred dollars or fifty dollars, play the free games, and then like TJ said, play the quarter games. You know so. I think that's some of the best uh, advice you can get here at Patrick Allen DFS. What's worse <laughs> drinking an IPA or horrible bankroll management. Somebody knows TJ Hernandez. Um, they're both uh,
1: throwing your money down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the IPA is throwing your money down the toilet quicker with way less enjoyment. At least if you have horrible bankroll management. Uh, you got to sweat for hopefully 12 hours on a Sunday. If you're drinking an IPA, it's just
0: instantly bad. Uh, at Ryan, is it Hodge? I mean, we're talking Hodge. Is it's it is Hodge right. Ryan Hodge. We all know Ryan. Um, sup Hodgey? And he just, I mean, he's just hanging out, asking you questions, thoughts on cash games being much harder to beat.
1: Uh, each year I've, I've went back and looked at contest histories, uh, whether it be 50, 50s, double ups, um, across sites and the the average cash line has moved um and it might be by a point or two on Fanduel it jumped a lot last year but that's um more of a function of fandle moving from a kicker to a flex spot so naturally um mostly people are using running backs there that's going to raise the um the point total uh but uh there's a couple things here. Um, I, I do think that obviously people are getting more information and the games are getting harder from a, um, a point scoring perspective. What I, I think that um, people aren't doing and why their cash games are much harder to beat is they're not game selecting properly. And if you go back and listen to our podcast with pat james he gave a great rundown of how to find uh the best cash games and really it's it's seeking out those single entry games um and then uh what a, one thing i looked at not just the average score i, I couldn't do it this year on fandle uh, it didn't make sense again because of the kicker versus the uh the flex position but in the three previous years i went back and looked at not just the average scores in cash games but the distribution of scores and not only has the average moved up a little bit but the ranges of outcomes has tightened so uh basically in the middle, those people near the cash line is getting much bigger and the tails, especially near the low end are getting smaller. So there is statistical evidence that the games are getting, um, uh, tougher in terms of people getting closer to, um, a cash game score or like a optimal lineup score. But, uh, I think we just need to adjust our strategy. A lot of people are still subscribing to some, um, to some very early DFS tactics. Um, automatically paying up for running back and things of this sort and even though that you, you do want to stick to and know some of the fundamentals, we have to look at what the crowd's doing and um, try to zig a little bit when everyone else is zagging. So uh, adding a little bit of variance to your lineup, um, adding some GPP tactics like we've talked about, taking a slightly less popular play in a spot if you have them equally valued, um, maybe not avoiding a stack or maybe not being afraid to have two or three players from the same team in your cash game lineups is something that people are going to have to start thinking about. And uh, while it is probably going to lead to some higher variance on the weekly level, uh, your, your ceilings are going to be higher. And I think that's going to carry you throughout the season.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and again, I've told you this TJ, I had to mix things up last year and mm-hmm. it was in the middle of the season, right? Cause I was just, i was kind of in cash games. It was, I'll hit one week and then I'll lose the next week. It really wasn't, working for me. I just switched it up. I just decided to go and play a little, just tweak a, a player to a week instead of looking for the floor and maybe bumping the ceiling up a little more. And you could even look at week one this year. I mean, Jacoby Brissett. and we'll talk about Brissett here in just a little bit, but he's going to be, it's going to be tough to, to see where he wouldn't be chalked, right? Week number mm-hmm. one. And I mean, let's say you got Jacoby Brissett, Brissett but on the other side, and I think he's 4,400, but you know, I got an extra couple of hundred bucks and I wanted to play like a case Keen or something. I would never do that, but I'm just saying in a vacuum here, if you see two players and one guy you want to go with, Oh, cause everybody's on him, that'll be safe. Well, if you've got another guy that actually maybe might have a lower floor, but the ceiling could be higher and you got to project it basically for the same thing. I think that's something you got to take a look at if you're struggling. Absolutely.
1: Catch. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So don't, don't, You know, don't make panic moves, but also don't be afraid to change things up. Uh, Thank you, Ryan. Always good to hear from you, man. At GoBlue43729, ownership percentage, talked about a lot. What would you consider a high and low in a medium to large field tournament? So a high and low ownership.
1: I mean, it's going to be pretty rare that uh, this is position by position, um, but it's going to be pretty rare that you see uh, a player owned 50% in a very large tournament. Now we did start to see it a little bit uh, uh, last year. And again, I think that speaks a little bit just to the public being a little bit sharper. Uh, some very chalky running backs, I believe might've reached 60 or 70% even in the biggest contest. If you have a, a running back uh, that is a, a obvious free square, um, a backup running back on like a chief's offense that's autumn, that we know is going to get all the work. Um, that guy's going to, going to approach that 70% range um, in general. It's going to be, pretty rare for players to reach close to 50 percent uh running backs are are generally going to be the the highest owned players you'll see some top end receivers um approach that 30 or 40 percent range but as a whole they're probably not going to be as highly owned as as running backs and then because uh quarterbacks tight ends and defenses you can only play one at each position uh that that's going to be generally pretty flat. So you're you're rarely going to see a, a defense, a tight end, or a quarterback above 20%. But we shouldn't be too concerned about the absolute number. What we should really be thinking about is the relative number. So if you have a only one quarterback owned 25% and for some crazy reason no other quarterback is owned more than 10%, we don't project them to be owned more, more than 10%, then there's a lot of really good leverage spots there because it's, it's very unlikely likely that a quarterback is two and a half times as likely as any other quarterback in the field to outscore that entire field uh so that's a a really big inefficiency and that's what we're looking for is the ownership inefficiencies uh players that are are just really out of whack relative to their counterparts and and you should probably be looking within pricing tiers when we're looking at this so uh a uh, uh, running back in the top tier maybe like $8,000 and above running back um, all those guys are liable to go off regardless of, of game script so if you have a, a 40% running back and a bunch of and the rest of the $8,000 running backs are 15% just like the quarterbacks that's a really big inefficiency and then the, the real reason we're concerned about it is because we're thinking about players that we want to be overweight on so a tool like the 4 for 4 leverage scores is going to show you which players you should be overweight on and underweight on and that's going to take into consideration the projected ownership already and it's going to tell you whose ownership looks too high or looks too low and again really only focusing on the players that we want to be overweight on and making our lineups relative to that because uh after we choose those core guys we're automatically going to be underweight on guys we don't like because they're not going to be in our player pool
0: don't you feel like you've got to have a couple of guys under five percent like you don't need you don't have to have five guys under 5 percent. it's okay to play the chalk in uh, big tournaments but even a me- medium tournament don't you have to figure out how to get below five percent
1: we've we've seen it um we've seen last year uh some of these bigger contests uh not as much as people ha- have thought but you need to differentiate your field from a little bit you can get away with some relatively popular uh uh, running backs. You can get away with a relatively popular um, wide receiver, but you're, you're going to need to diversify yourself a little bit, whether it be through uh, lineup generators or lineup generation or um, or just the way you, you build your team. So even if you don't have a 1% guy, you need to think about a way to make your lineup a 1% uh, lineup. And that might be Maybe there's four guys from one team that are chalk. A lot of teams aren't going to put all four of those in their lineup. Uh, So now you have a 1% lineup because it's just nobody's thinking about doing um, uh, um, an onslaught. And we did see it a little more early in the year
0: last year, but uh, you need to differentiate for sure. All right, we've got a couple more questions here uh, in the mail. The Twitter bag, Uh, fitness underscore MC, which side is best to play on edgewise?
1: Um, Look for the lowest rake. uh, Look for the best game structure uh everyone's gonna have a different comfort level with uh the 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 scoring formats and the the roster construction but if you're not looking for the lowest rake if you're not looking for bonuses if you're not looking for overlay then you're doing yourself a disservice Uh, and that's going to vary depending on how new the site is uh what week it is what games the sites are offering uh you have to be able to do your homework and it's going to vary week to week and and that's probably not uh the answer that you're looking for but that's how you find the best site to play on uh
0: at new york sports maniac this seems like a little season long here thoughts on lamar jackson as my qb1 finding him in the sweet spot of most of my mocks can't wrap my head around the pick though uh
1: as a starter last year lamar was the qb13 um and That was pretty much solely on rushing ability. Rushing is going to give your quarterbacks one of the highest floors uh, and a really big safety net. If he improves his passing even marginally, uh, then he's going to easily be in the top 12 quarterbacks. When you say QB1, I'm assuming a 12 quarterback league. Uh, I mean, one thing that we have seen is... uh, greg roman even though he's very run heavy he does like to push the ball down the field and that's going to give your quarterback um a a a big boost when they do hit uh i think there's a really big parallel to uh colin kaepernick and vernon davis with lamar jackson and mark andrews and that kaepernick vernon davis team did happen to be a greg roman offense
0: uh i'll just say this about lamar jackson um and i was talking about this on fantasy first i heard him say I'm planning on throwing about 30 times a game, and we're not going to run as much. <laughs> and I'm like, "What? Well, you know the best the best plans in the world. You know, you can go in with them. It, Lamar Jackson's still going to have to run. And, yeah. You know, don't freak out about Lamar Jackson. I'm a zero quarter. You hear about zero running? But I'm a zero quarterback guy. Just oh stream, yeah, for sure. Man, if Lamar Jackson yeah. stinks, big deal. Yep. And, just stream yeah. every week.
1: And even if even if Lamar Jackson cuts his uh rushes per game and half extrapolated over a sixteen game season, he still would have led the league in, in rushing at, at his position.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's he's gonna be just fine. What he averaged thirteen passes per game in those seven starts yeah, down the stretch. It's, it's gonna be he's not throwing thirty times a game. It's <laughs> not gonna happen. Uh, at Bobby Buffalo, seven one six, who do you like? Is it a replacement for luck? Six points per T D Garoppolo or Darnold? I have Josh Allen. All right, that's the first part of this. So he's asking luck in a 6 uh, 6 point per TD. Luck say so have Garoppolo or Darnold. I think I know where you're going to go with this, and I wonder if you're going to agree with me.
1: Well, if you're first of all, if you're in a one quarterback league, don't have two quarterbacks. Um I honestly, if it's one quarterback, I would just keep Josh Allen, not worry about those guys.
0: Yes. That's exactly what it is. I mean, Josh Allen has not been saying he's going to throw more. He's still going to run. And he's got John Brown, who hopefully will stay on the field. The other uh, part of this was, is Dari Agamboale, worth a pickup, would have to drop Malcolm Brown or Zay Jones? Yes, yes, he is. Because, he, ha- he has
1: to be on yeah. every single team right now. I, I, I suspect that Houston's still going to sign somebody, but um, I, I don't imagine that Duke is going to get 25 touches a game.
0: Twenty-five touches a game, or however
1: many, however many you give to your entire backfield, they're not all going to Duke.
0: But he's not like a guy that is. Um, but we're talking about Tampa Bay. I think. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking,
0: yeah. I, I know it's Demaria Crocker. So it's, yeah, I was it's very yep. similar. It's a very similar name, so don't shoot yourself over that. But yes, I, I think Agabwale is going to be. He's going to start at least one game for the Bucks this year. Uh, because Barber is garbage, and Jones yep. doesn't seem like he gets it. This guy is a tank. He has good hands, and he's going to win that job later in the season. So, yes, get him, and get rid of Brown and Jones. They stink. Yeah, Jones is a guy Jones early
1: on that was my favorite, but he just hasn't shown anything yeah. in preseason.
0: And Brown might be good, but we haven't even seen him do anything. So I, I love Agabali. He's my guy. Uh, potential week one storylines to get to here. TJ, we talked, I just brought up Brissett, six K, Fanduel, forty four hundred DK. culture Colts without luck. Uh, tell me about this.
1: I mean, so we won't get too deep into this. We'll go all over all the the week one stuff, obviously next week. But these are the these are the things that really hit this week. Um, I mean, Brissett is just from a. Roster construction standpoint, especially on DraftKings down at forty four hundred, you're getting a starting quarterback that uh, is going to open up a lot of salary for you. Um, now the obvious two things are: is I, I think this line opened up at at th- uh, three points in favor of the Chargers. Now Chargers are seven point home favorites, so Chargers defense and Austin Eckler were already probably going to be a little popular. Are going? I mean Eckler, if if um, um Gordon. Gordon isn't back then I mean Eckler's going to be the highest owned player on the slate
0: the highest owned player on the slate man I believe so damn now Chargers defense they're a good defense to start with a couple injuries I still like them too All right, let's move on to Lamar injury Lamar Miller injury by the way Houston's not on the main slate though so no pricing for the full slate Um, you think he's going to be priced up that the that Duke Johnson is going to be priced up since yeah. the site's going to adjust.
1: Yeah, I think I was thinking about this question when we asked about the uh, Agambole uh, question, but uh, yeah, since since prices aren't out yet and and uh, they play on Monday night, I would expect Duke to be probably a, a top fifteen priced running back on that slate. And uh, even though people are probably going to want to play him because of the um because of the the chatter around Lamar. Lamar Miller injury uh, if he's priced top 15 uh, probably not a guy I'm really going to be looking at in week one
0: uh, Kansas City backfield so you got Damian Williams had a big play what was it was it last week mm-hmm. had the big touchdown 6900 Fanduel duel uh, running back 13 there 6300 DK running back 10 but then you got Darwin Thompson who's really stood out so far um, in the preseason and really in camp and I'm not worried about the other Williams. So basically to me, it's Damian Williams and Darwin Thompson. I mean, if you're looking for the outside end, I think Damian Williams ownership, if you would have asked people a month ago, if Damian Williams, the ownership is probably cut in half, at least in half, just because of what they saw at a Thompson and that little hamstring injury earlier in uh, the off season. What do you think about Damian Williams and the Casey backfield? Just all of the
1: the chatter, the negative chatter around Williams and the hyping up of Darwin Thompson is going to probably create uh, ownership efficiency that shouldn't be there. Kansas City as a whole was uh, one of the most highly owned offenses week in and week out uh, in 2018, and for good reason they were they were the best offense in the league. Uh, so that should carry over to week one, regardless of salary. They're probably the least price sensitive ownership team in the league last year. Uh, But with, with this talk, I think the Kelsey's, the Tyreek, Mahomes, they're gonna see the ownership you would expect. It's gonna push Damian Williams' ownership down, and it's just gonna cause an opportunity to uh to be overweight on a guy that should be way uh way more owned. Kansas City, a five point favorite. Jacksonville, they did close as the seventh best team in terms of four for fours running back schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed last year, so that might scare some people off. Jacksonville still a good defense, but uh, Damian Williams, if it looks like he's gonna be sub fifteen percent owned for whatever reason, that's a that's a GPP pounce for me.
0: All right, guys. And ladies, uh, fantasy football fans, whatever. Biggest NFL season-long tournament coming up. You want to join, right? If you love the fantasy football, and we know you love the fantasy football, you got to enter the $3.5 million best ball championship on draft. $3.5 bucks. And here's how best ball works. Season-long, no management. So you draft, you set it, you forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver, nothing. Your best players automatically get started. You get the best score every week. No salary caps, no nothing. There's no better place to play. You can draft a team anytime you want. Leagues start every couple minutes, so you can join one right now if you want to. Do a draft. You can be a millionaire 16 weeks later. All right? Join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Search Draft in the app or Play Store. Join a game minutes. Play from your computer on Draft.com. All new players, right now, all new players get a free entry into a best ball draft when you make your first deposit. You got to use the promo code 444. The number four, F-O-R, the number four. Four for four. Play a real money game for free just by using the, the code four for four. So search Draft in the App Store. Go to Draft.com. Play free with our code four for four. TJ, take us out, buddy.
1: Well, uh, thanks to the listeners for all the questions. Thanks for everybody that's been with us early uh, in DFS with with out uh regular season action next week it's week one baby the real deal is here uh if you haven't signed up yet to get access to our lineup generator uh to all of our dfs tools to probably the best content you'll find uh across the dfs industry you can get 25 percent off by using code dfs25 that's only good until august 31st so i hope you're listening to this as soon as the podcast comes out because you only got a couple days if you like the podcast Please give us a rating and a five-star review. We'll automatically enter your name to get some free 4 for 4 swag. And if you like myself and Holden, you want more of us outside of the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at TJ Hernandez. We got to get Holden to what is it? 12,000? Is that what the number no, we're 50, shooting for? We got to get to 15 here. Hold to 15,000 is what we're shooting for. So yeah. we need we need 100-plus uh, followers by next week. 175. Uh, you can well, do come it. on, guys. We can get there. At Holden Radio. Uh, we'll catch you guys. Week one action.